Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics, and we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared, and we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of corrections. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. (laughs) From uniforms to uniforms. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Yay! Did you miss me? Yes, I missed you. Of course, I missed you. (laughs) I missed you too. Yes. Pretty excited. Um, Yes. Today, we've got Brett McIntosh joining us. Uh, We cross paths at Bowdoin, and we're pretty excited to have him here. So, hi, Brett. (laughs) Hi, Sharon. Hi, Brett. (laughs) Hi, Lauren. (laughs) Thank you for being here. No, it's uh, it's great. I've been binge listening to you guys. And, oh, uh, sweet! Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Great, great job. Thank great you. Job. We appreciate that. We appreciate that a ton. Yeah. Okay, so um, we'll get started here. Just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Brett. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sharon, go ahead, Sorry. Brett. Ah. Uh, well, uh, what am I, 55 years old now, been in corrections for, I'll be entering my 14th year in June. Wow. Uh, Congrats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got in when I was about 41. Um, yeah. And uh, did some other stuff, trucking industry for 20 years, kind of climbed the ladder in that, and then uh, decided to get out of that and get into corrections. You know what? It's funny. Like I started driving, uh, small trucks and then I grabbed, I, I went up, um, into driving the semis and pulling two trailers and everything like that. And I got, I got really tired. So I ended up, uh, uh, requesting just to go work on the dock. And I went from the dock to dispatch to operations manager to general manager and the trucking industry is very demanding um as far as the timelines like i don't think i shut my phone off for 10 years because there was calls all hours of the day and night there's this problem there's that problem so i just found myself getting out uh burned out uh the company sold went from a one one owner guy sold to a big company transex and um they're a good company to work for, but pretty demanding. We had to travel to Winnipeg every month for meetings, all that kind of stuff. So I was just getting more and more burnt out. Um, actually, what uh, when the company sold, I didn't know if I'd still have a job. So I applied for corrections then because my brother works there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bart, he works there. So he got me, got me an application. I applied, didn't hear anything. Okay, everything happens for a reason. So then uh, a couple of years I was with Transex and then I called and I booked holidays for hunting because I'm a big big time hunter. And I called my boss, said, hey, I'm not going to be at the meeting this uh, November. I'm going to be, you know, hunting. I got my holidays booked and everything like that. And they're like, um, no, you're going to be at the meeting. And I said, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I got holidays booked. Yeah. Well, the meeting, the meeting dates came out before your holidays. So you're going to be at the meeting. And it's, it's like, I was going with a buddy of mine and we had a hotel booked and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I'm just like, okay, I'll see you at the meeting. I hung up, picked up the phone. And I said to my brother, get me a fucking application for the joint. <laughs> <laughs> I applied. It went really quick. Yeah. Um, you know, general company exam interview, all that kind of stuff. So I applied, I was actually on that hunting trip and I got a call to come in for an interview. Oh, wow. 
So yeah, went in for the interview and that was in November and they, uh, told me, okay, we want you at the January core in mm -hmm. uh, Saskatoon. Yes. I'm like, okay. Well, then we had, uh, my wife's brother died. So we had to settle oh. all that stuff. Oh no. So there was a one in February in Kingston and then one in March in Sask Saskatoon. I couldn't make the Kingston one. So I went to the oh. one in March of yeah, 2008. So graduated core started June. No. Yeah. June, beginning of June, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, at Bowdoin and I've been there since. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had some, uh, it was, I was prepared because of uh, a couple things. Uh, my brother let, gave me the heads up what it's yeah. going to be like, you know, and I knew, knew some other officers I was friends with and, um, and cause of life experience and that too. Right. Like I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, wasn't young. I was 41 and, and yeah, so that kind of prepared me for it. And, and the trucking yeah. industry too, right? Like you're like, it's very demanding, which is yeah. what, what I found it to be, but I was 22 years old. So like what <laughs> I find demanding and what a 41 year old would find is very different. Right. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, so, yeah. So been there for the ride. Uh, I, when I first got there, I, I was there when I, I signed my papers, June 24th, 2008. And in, November nice. of 2008, I got assaulted by an inmate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was only there a few months and, uh, it was, it was down in, in the hole. And, um, at that time, you know what, like I, you see how other people work and, and even in the hole, because it's Bowdoin and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, they open the doors and they talk to inmates. They don't really use the food slot or didn't at that time. Right. So this guy asked for a roll of toilet paper and I, I yeah, next round I forgot it. So then he called me a bunch of names. So then I went and got the toilet paper, went back to him and I stepped a little ways into the cell and I said, here's your toilet paper. And I, I'm like, dude, what are you going to get from me? If you call me a bunch of names, well, he started to escalate. So I started to back out of the cell oh, and I looked down, at, I looked down to make sure I wasn't going to hook my leg on the door coming out. And he was already on the way. And boom, boom, got me with a couple of shots. Uh, it was a brawl. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a brawl. And, and so uh, what did you do? Like, did you fight back? Did a bunch of officers respond or? Yeah, I was with one other officer. Um, she did the, she absolutely did the best she could. She looked at the bubble, hit her PPA. Uh, this guy was on top of me on the bed. Oh and I God. just thought. Yeah. I just thought this guy's gonna, he's, he's gonna, you know, stop me if I don't stop him. Yeah. So when he first came at me, I remember thinking, well, it doesn't look like our bar takedown is going to work here. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like we're, I feel like we're beyond a straight arm bar right now or like a yeah. throw or something. I know we're good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he was on top of me and, and I don't want to get too specific, but when I was, a younger guy, I was a little bit rowdy and enjoyed my whiskey and stuff like that. And I used to scrap quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I <laughs> that dude went came out. That <laughs> yeah. I went back, I went back to what I knew. Right. Yeah. And I yes. had to, because he was on top of me and I remember I was doing my thing and I, and he didn't like it. And I seen him lift his head and for me, everything slows down when that happens. Right. Mm -hmm. And I looked and I thought he's going to headbutt me. Yeah. And I yeah. And I turned my head and he head butted me. Uh, oh God. And we were still going. And then I remember thinking my arm was wet and I thought, Oh, I opened him up and I'm going to keep going. Right. And then, but what it was, was OC spray. So oh, okay. Responded. Yeah. They hit him with Mark nine. Uh, I got out of there. <laughs> I love you know. that. I, I love it. Me yeah. too. And Mark nine. I'm like, how wet would you be from like, cause we had like the Mark three, you know, three. Like just a little, yeah. we didn't even have it then. Like, no, we, we didn't. And no, we didn't have we it. We couldn't then. get it till later. Right. So the three was like <laughs> a nine and a cell. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they, they hit him with the Mark nine. Uh, awesome. I got out of there. 
Yeah. Uh, the officers got them taken care of, got them all cuffed up and everything like that, decontaminated. And then, <laughs> you know, and this is going back to like 2008. And I know that from listening to previous podcasts, you guys talk a lot about uh, mental health and all that kind of stuff. Well, back then, like my, there were two keepers showed up and one of them looked at me and said, you okay? And I said, <laughs> Yeah, I said, I've been hit harder by better people. <laughs> and uh, the other keeper said, well, now I'm going to have to replace you. And I'm like, you know, and I'm brand new. And I figured yeah. I got in a fight with an inmate. I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. That, that was my thought, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes, go to the admin post. And Sharon, you know where the admin post is. Yeah. Golden and all that's where they do the counts and everything like that. So I get to the admin post and the officer there said, um, okay, I did your count sheets and everything like that. I'm going to the back and I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, I'm, you're replacing me here. So I go to the back and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so my arms on fire, the inside of my right arm, there's <laughs> from a being fountain, sprayed. From yeah. being sprayed. There's a fountain by the admin post. I decontaminated in that fountain. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a water fountain for people to a drink water out fountain, of? A, a drinking fountain. <laughs> oh my god! So, so I decontaminated in that drinking fountain because I had to work the admin post, and then thank God one of my one of my buddies and and he's an Earth guy, and actually that was before I was on the team, and the Earth team was actually practicing that night. They heard about it. They came down, and and one of my buddies. Uh, uh, Ken Watt, he, he lost his shit and he's like, what the fuck is this guy do? We're, you know? And so anyway, they said, well, we did it. We actually did a debriefing with, uh, CISM members. Yeah. So we talked about it. That was good. There was, there were some really, really good people that were, that were on that team. Right. So did that. And then they're like, okay, go to the hospital and get checked out. So oh. I went to the hospital. I went to the hospital, I got checked because I took some shots and the emergency doctor says, oh, you dinged up. You're good. I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I thought back to when I was younger and a little bit rowdy and I thought, yeah, you know what, this is, you know, I gave more than I got for sure. Right. So the next day my knee was really hurting. I went to my doctor, talked to him and he was pissed off about how this other doctor said, oh yeah, you're good. Mm -hmm. So right away, he, he sent me for an MRI, uh, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, my right knee, I had a severe complex tear of the medial meniscus. Whoa. So yeah. So I had to go for surgery. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Here's yes. my question. Other than going to the doctor, did you go back to work the next day? Yeah. You did? No, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was, it was two days. Uh, that happened that one day. I was off the next day, went back to work the next day. Yeah. 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 yeah and how, so, how did you feel mentally after that? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, you know what, being so new in the service, everything like that, I was embarrassed that it happened. Right. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. wondering how my peers are going to be looking at me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. how management is going to be looking at me. And there were some guys there that did really good. Like they, they, made a made it lighthearted mm -hmm. in a way that it wasn't insulting or anything like that it was you know they're like oh yeah we have to come and save you and all this kind of stuff and i said look man i said i don't care if it's a midget in a tutu that comes and save me as long as somebody's coming so so yeah from from that aspect it was it was really good um there wasn't anything as far as afterwards. Cause I noticed when I, after my surgery and I came back, there was another inmate that looked like this guy that assaulted me. And I, I got twitchy. I seen him walking towards me and we were alone uh, by the R3 building. And I thought, Oh, we're going to go. And I'm like, Holy shit. That's not him. So, mm. so yeah, you know what? It's just some adverse effects to yeah. something traumatizing. Yeah, sure. yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. So that happens in like, that happens 2008. Wow. Eight. Yeah. And when yeah. did you have your surgery? Uh, that would have been March of 2009. Yeah. That so you worked the whole time. Too. You just worked the whole time. Then you have your surgery. Yeah. And then it was off for three months. Yeah. 
which I thought was awesome. I'm like yeah. three months full pay. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. <laughs> but then, but then the thing about that is because I didn't have very much sick time built up. So right. they had to front me hours, right. Even though it was WCB, right. They had to front, front me hours. So then I'm in the ditch on sick hours. Right. So yeah. I got put on attendance awareness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about attendance awareness. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do they still yeah. have that? Yeah. Oh. Except now they call it the uh, NAMP program, National Attendance Management Program. Oh, so they can they can have meetings with you all the time to find out what's going on. What's going which on? Which isn't right. bad. Which I don't think it's a bad thing, right? Because if you're calling in sick all the time, it's they need to be aware of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Um, it's been explained to me because I ended up on the NAMP program mm -hmm. and that has to, that has to do with, uh, my wife. Right. Um, but I, uh, I ended up on that program and they, I guess if it's administered in the way that it's written up, it's probably not a bad thing. Right. But when it's, interpreted in that gray area right and kind of uh it can it can seem very unfair or well, punitive they, yeah, yeah punitive that's how yeah. they yeah that's what i uh, think too like they the the program is there for the awareness and the awareness piece would be amazing if yeah. they didn't treat it as punitive like yes how instead yeah. of saying why are you constantly calling in sick now you're in trouble they should say something going on right like is there something right. going on at home or what's you know do you need to talk to someone yeah. i yeah i and i do remember like i was i think i was on a attendance awareness I don't remember when it was, but yeah, it was, a, it was the same thing. It was like, you have an attendance awareness meeting. And I'm like, I'm not fucking coming to that day. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm going. Book me sick. Book me sick. I'm not going to your stupid meeting to see why I'm sick. I'm sick because you guys are making me sick, right? Stupid. And you know what that, that's funny because the first, my, my first nap meeting that I was supposed to go to was on my 16 hour shift. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. I called in. I'm sick. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you alluded to your wife in that, uh, in that statement and saying yeah. that you were put on an awareness program. And I, I know a little bit about that situation only from what Sharon yeah. has shared, but do you mind sharing yeah. with the audience, uh, what happened there? Uh, no, for sure. Um, and one thing I want to be really clear of is that, uh, like I'm not, I'm not boohooing about this or saying, "Oh, poor me" or anything like that, right? I I talked about it because I like people to know, because yeah. it seems like everybody knows somebody who's affected by stuff like this, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We just had a very close friend of ours get diagnosed, and he's yeah. like 60, and it's like, oh, it's like heartbreaking to me, very heartbreaking. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I noticed some changes in my wife. Um, God, that would have been back in like 2012 mm -hmm. little, just little things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought, okay, what's going on here. So I kind of paid attention to it and, and we were going through a tough time, a real tough time in our marriage. As a matter of fact, we had, we had, uh, talked about divorcing mm -hmm. because it just, you know, two people that shouldn't have been together anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So I noticed the stuff and I thought, well, I'm going to, we got to see what's going on here before we go ahead with anything as far as divorce or anything like that. So, uh, I was just keeping an eye on things. 2013 became really apparent because repeated questions, different stuff. Um, and, and Brett, how old is she or uh, back she, then? She started, she's 60 now. She started showing signs when she was, uh, well, that was so 2012. So we're looking at nine years. So yeah, she was 50, 51. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, what, yeah. were kind of, what were some of the things you noticed? You said well, lots of questions. Yeah. Repeated questions. Like she'll say, do you work today? And I'm like, yeah. And then five minutes, five minutes later, she's like, do you work today? And I'm like, yeah. And then again, like that, right. And my schedule always repeated. I've been on the same one for, since I've been there. Mm -hmm. So she's like, what do you work tomorrow? And I'd say, well, you know, I'm on the 16 tomorrow. 
So it was all the repeated questions, um, things like that, that were, you know, it made you go, okay, what's going on here? I did a little bit of research, could have been a vitamin deficiency, uh, thyroid, Sometimes in women, it's a, a bladder infection can do that. Yep, yep. My um, my grandma's had that. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So kind of kept an eye on it, and I finally got her into her doctor. And uh, by this time, it's it's getting very apparent. And I got her into her doctor, and I talked to him, and she talked to him, and everything like that. And um, he's like, oh you know what, as we get older, we get memory slips. And I said, this isn't the same woman that I knew. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I'll schedule her for a cognitive exam. So we never heard anything. So it's going 2014. It really picked up. So, uh, I got her into my doctor, did testing and everything like that through late, mid to late 2014. So there was MRI, uh, CAT scan, blood work, all that kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, that all went to a neurologist in Edmonton. Um, we went up and seen him. I didn't like that guy. That's another story. So we ended up, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we ended up going to a guy in Calgary and we went down and seen him. That would have been April 1st of 2015, April 1st, April 2nd, somewhere in there. And, um, uh, he gave her another cognitive test mm-hmm. and, like as an example, there was a circle with the numbers one through 10 in it. And he, she was just supposed to draw a line from one to two, two to three, three to four. And he showed her from one to two, two to three. She couldn't go any farther than that. Oh, so wow. I talked to him, I talked to him alone and I said, what are we dealing with? And he said, uh, it's all, it's Alzheimer's, um, and it's severe. And I said, wow. okay. I said, what are we looking at for a time frame?" And he goes three to five years. And I said, till she's in care. And he goes, no, till she's gone. <gasps> really? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, uh, um, I said, how long till she's in care? And he goes, maybe a year. Oh my mm. God. Can you, t- can you say the name of the doctor just in case someone's listening to this and is like, I, that's what I need. Uh, Do you remember? Well, neurologist, uh, you know what? I think it was Patterson okay. is a neurologist Patterson. in Calgary. But I went through him through my doctor, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Of course so, you need a referral, but I mean, it's, oh, I went through yeah. cancer and I'm constantly telling people go here, go here. And people are always asking, yeah. Like, yeah. asking me questions. And I'm like, it's always good yeah. to have those doctors in your back pocket. If you feel like you need one. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Brett, can, if, Brett, how is your, how's your wife through all of this? Like, is she um, open to going to see the doctors? Is she more combative? Um, yeah. Like, is she well, open to it? She was, she was open to going to see my doctor. And then by the time we got to that neurologist, it was getting bad enough that, um, she was just kind of, okay. You know, right. like the doctor, we, we called the doctor in or the doctor called her back in after he talked to me and he goes, okay, I want to explain what's going on. And she's like, okay. And, uh, he said, you have Alzheimer's. And it's a disease that's going to affect your brain. And he goes, and eventually he goes, I'm sorry, but, but it'll take your life. And she's like, Oh, okay. Oh, like, wow. No comprehension mm. of it. So, uh, we came home from that and you just kind of like, Holy fuck. What, you know, my world's upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Her, her world, my world, right. And everything like that. So we kept an eye on things. Um, and it was getting progressively worse to the point, like an example, I, in 2014, when she was still like, she was definitely on her way, but I went on a goat hunt in Northern BC with my brother and a good friend. And we were going to be gone for two weeks, fly in, drop off, all that kind of stuff. I rented a satellite phone and I called her when we got out in the bush and I said, okay, I'm here. You know, Oh, where are you? And I said, I'm just about at the Yukon border in Northern BC. Okay. What are you doing? He said, I want to go hunt, you know, like no idea, anything like that. Anyway. So as things progressed, we had to get people in from uh, Alberta health services or whatever to do an assessment. Mm-hmm. Right. And they said, okay, it's not quite time yet. 
They, and that's one thing I will say good about them is they assess the family as well as assess the patient mm-hmm. because I'm working, I work a 16 hour shift. I would come home after doing overtime or whatever. I came home the one time is about minus 10 out and she's standing in the driveway in her housecoat and no mm-hmm. shoes. And I, and I, I just happened to get home at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? I don't know. She goes, I said, okay, let's go in the house. Mm-hmm. So then uh, she got crisis placed. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was north of Castor and Galahad, little mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. So we had to take her out there. And she was still at the point where, like, she was upset. She's like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. Oh. Like, that was one of the worst experiences yeah. of my life. Did wow. she have, like, periods of, like, lucidness where she was okay? No. No, okay. No, like maybe a couple of times for where she seemed like herself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, no, it was like what her MRI said, she had uh, generalized atrophy of the brain. And I said, what, what does that mean? I asked Mm -hmm. the doctor and he goes, well, that's atrophy throughout the brain. So like her, her and that's what happens her brain is dying right right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. slowly uh uh and do you, do you guys have ki- like kids or you you don't uh kathy had has two sons mm-hmm. um from previous marriage that i helped raise from a fairly young age and then we have a daughter together well okay <clears throat> wow yeah and what was that yeah. like for your children well it was bad you know, yeah. that's their mom and everything like that. Um, the boys, like they're in their mid thirties, early forties now. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't talked to them in six years. Mm-hmm. They oh, wow. decided they decided to cut off contact with me, and and that's their journey. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And me and my daughter, I got a beautiful daughter. She's uh, uh, great. You know, she's so tough. Mm-hmm. Um, just love her to pieces, and she's she's doing good with it you know, it's getting to a point where it's accepted because it's been so long now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is your wife still alive right now? Cause you said they said like three to five years. Yeah, she's still, we, we just went and saw her, uh, yesterday. No, let's see. Whatever. Just within the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And she can't talk, uh, or she's like, she just kind of mumbles. Uh, and she's in a wheelchair now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's this last year, it's really gone quick, right? Mm-hmm. And COVID's she, probably affected that yeah, massively, that. right? Like, oh yeah, you guys, yeah, and yeah, her, we, yeah, yeah. We didn't see her for quite a while, and then and then it was actually quite shocking when me and my daughter went to see her. We we're just like, holy shit! Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was quite the shock. Mm-hmm. But she went, she went to Galahad and then, and this is the part that, uh, people really, really need to be aware of because when you're married to somebody there, you're dependent, right. Mm-hmm. And, and in like my situation, when you're in this age gap and this income bracket, there's no help. Mm-hmm. So, so it's two, two grand a month for her care. Um, and you know what? I wasn't really concerned at the beginning because there was supposed to be this program or that program, but everything is income based. Right. And, and yeah. And I fought with the government for four years and they're just like, Nope, you make too much. You make too much. You make too much. Well, yeah, I, I I make, I make enough just to make it work to live. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So but she went from Galahad to uh, Innisfail, placed in Innisfail, and now she's at the Rosefield Hospital in Innisfail. Mm. Um, and yeah, this kind of leads into the whole thing about you know the mental health with working in the environment that we work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're doing your regular hours, regular shifts, that's that's one thing, and you're exposed to you know the stuff that we're exposed to. Some places are obviously a lot worse than others. But so then I, I'm exposed to all that stuff in my regular shifts, but then you do overtime to pay for her care. Mm-hmm. Then there's yeah. the, 
then there's the the stress of watching somebody that you've been with for many years lose their mind right mm -hmm. and they don't know who you are anymore so they and the stress of my daughter watching her go through it and then the financial stress right mm -hmm. so it's a very very vicious circle absolutely and yeah yeah and the one thing that i've found out is if you want to get any assistance the person with the disease you have to make them look absolutely penniless their mm -hmm. name can't their name can't be on the title of any houses mm -hmm. their name can't be on vehicles bank accounts rsps anything like that you have to find out a find a way to make them look penniless then you'll get covered wow crazy that's that's, yeah. that's a big burden mm -hmm. it is yeah yeah, yeah cuz i'm like i said i'm 55 and this is when you should be looking at you know, okay, I'm, I'm really bearing down and getting ready for retirement and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, like I've, I've sold everything that I can, you know, truck, holiday trailer, boat, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's just stuff, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. okay. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, to not get the help and stuff like that. It's, it's frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And it takes a toll on you. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's very similar to our friends. They, uh, he's 60 and they had a place in Kelowna and they just thought, you know what, this place is too big. We're going to sell it. And we're going to buy like a, a rental, a little like old, um, house to fix up. And literally yeah. they sold this big house. Thank goodness. Um, but they were looking to buy this house and the wife just kept saying, and the brother had noticed it too. Like people had noticed little things and yeah. he ended up seeing a neurologist in, um, Vancouver and it was yeah early onset, but quite severe. Yeah. So yeah. And yeah. his dad just passed away of it, uh, during COVID, I think like last November. So yeah, wow. it's, wow. yeah. And to what, and I, that's the only person I know and we're, we're close, but we don't see them very often, but yeah. when he, his brother lives is my next door neighbor. But when he comes here, it's very, it's a very different conversation, which is, and I, I'm like, and you know, they're, they were getting ready for retirement. They've like, you worked their ass off their entire life. Yeah. just like ready to like, let's do this. We're going to have some fun. And yeah. here we are, here we yeah. are. Just, uh, I, I don't think they have a financial burden, but I, I would say that if you are, if you are struggling at all, that would be a massive um, yeah. a massive stressor in someone's life and to work overtime to have to yeah. pay for those at, things that's, at a prison, yeah. right? That's bullshit. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. It's, it's, oh. it's tough. It's, uh, I think to this point, it's been about, it's been about 140,000 I've spent on her care. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's not cheap. And then, yeah. So I get it. I get a call yesterday, actually, and it's the occupational therapist at uh, at the Rosefield where she's at, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, Kathy's got to a point here where she needs a wheelchair." I said, "Well, when we went and saw her, she was in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's that's not ideal. So we want to, uh, uh, you know, we want to get her in, uh, a wheelchair." And I said, "Okay, we'll get her a wheelchair then." Okay, we'll just come in and sign some papers. And I said, hang on, what's this wheelchair going to cost? Yeah. And I said, well, well, they said they're about 3000 and up. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, well, is there any kind of subsidy or anything like that? Well, yeah, we'd have to look at your tax assessment. And there might be something there. So, of course, we settled the contract. I uh, did a ton of overtime. Yeah. You know, so we got our back pay. I did all that overtime and all that sort of shit. And then I was off for six months with WCB. Mm -hmm. um, so that has an effect on your taxing. So I'm like, I'm fucked. They're going to look yeah. at it and they're going, what are you bitching about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, so, frustrating. So I don't know. We'll see where that goes. You know, I, I try to stay positive about it. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Um, it's tough some days though. It's just of like, course. when is this, when is this shit going to end? Mm -hmm. you know? and i and by that i mean uh like if you look at i try not to watch the news or anything like that but when you look at you know certain 
people will just say that get relief from the government mm -hmm. when there's the rest of us that are in this tax bracket and we're paying tax and everything like that. And you put up your hand and you go, look, I could use a little bit of help here. And they're just like, no, you make too much. Yeah. So very frustrating, right? I'm not saying that mm -hmm. other people aren't deserving of it. Right. But, uh, but I think that in a case like this, like I fought four years, I went and seen MLAs, MPs, everything. And they put a lot of thought into uh, how to not give you benefits. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it seems like, right? Absolutely. And yeah. I, I feel like as as you go through these things and hear no, 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 you yeah. you you get angrier and ang like I could see myself being like so I'm I'm angry for you. Yeah. Like I'm just like, <laughs> how do we get this guy three thousand dollars, people? Like that's what I'm saying. Like, seriously, this is crap. And I, well, I I know people that are just like, oh, I, I'm being laid off. I got laid off from work so I can collect all this money. And I'm just like, I know. don't even tell me because I don't even want to know. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's it uh and that was part of the whole thing why I uh ended up being off work for six months is because I was a I was an angry dude. Yeah. And and it's not just because of the, the situation with with uh my wife, it's the the situation at work. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know if we touched on this, but uh uh twenty seventeen it was my birthday, September 5th, 2017. I got me and a couple other officers got exposed to fentanyl. Oh no. Yeah. Through the mail? Yeah. Uh, no, a guy had some hid, uh, in the spine of a book. And oh I mean, my God. so that was, that was when it was, when it was very, very prevalent, all mm -hmm. the fentanyl stuff. And uh, we were super careful how we handled it, double glove masks, double evidence bags, all that kind of stuff. Well, then the one officer, he starts feeling weird. So he's, uh, he's like, I'm going over to healthcare. And I said, no, you're not. You're staying right here. And he was telling me what he was experiencing. And I grabbed the Narcan. And I was going to Narcan him. And he grabbed it himself and he shot it up his nose. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then I was standing there and I went to the washroom and I remember thinking, God, I got the main set on my, I got the washroom key and I got the main set of keys on my belt. And I thought if, cause I thought I was feeling something. I thought if I go down in here, they're not even going to know about me. Mm -hmm. You know? So then I came out and I'm like, I'm feeling weird. And the, one of the keepers, she was really good. She's like, get over to healthcare. So head over to healthcare. I got a guy with me and I said to him, I said, uh, I got Narcan in my cargo pocket. If I go down and he's like, okay, so we'll go over to healthcare and they're asking me questions. Where are you? I said, I'm at Bowdoin healthcare. And then they said, uh, what year is it? And I could see the number 1969 float by. Oh, wow. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. And I'm like 1984. No, no. And then I, okay, it's 2017. And I went to speak. I could not make my mouth, my mouth work. It, I could not make my mouth work. Oh my God. And I was feeling weird. And what, I remember one of the nurses said, Narcan him right now. So I got a shot of Narcan. Uh, that stuff, shit. I had a headache <laughs> four days out. <laughs> well, you're here to tell about it. So, I mean, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, we went to the hospital, uh, you know, and all that shit happened there. And they checked it out and everything like that. So then um, I got back. No, I said, I want to take a couple of days off work you know, kind of get my head around this. I remember I got home and, and, uh, I have a girlfriend, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, I got home and I said to my girlfriend, she's like, cause she was really worried. She'd obviously heard. And I said, well, I said, I, I guess I could have died, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Okay. <laughs> Just like a you should have used that. That was for a different crowd, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, uh, so anyway, I put in WCB paperwork 
And uh, I didn't hear from them till like December. Then when I contacted them, I'm like, hey, I'd like my sick time back. And mm -hmm. I want some sessions of, uh, I want a few sessions of counseling so I can get ahead of this so I can remain at work. Mm -hmm. And what a shit show. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. It was horrible. I've heard that lots. I've heard that lots. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I fought with them from December. It was, it was again my birthday the following year, and they said, "No, you're not covered." What? And I said, "What?" They're, that's insane. They're so. So you're back on attendance awareness. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I. You, did you fight it? Did you fight it, Brett? You know what? I was, I was just going to say fuck it. And then I thought, no, I'm fighting this. So she even asked me when she said, no, she goes, I can help you with the appeals process. And I said, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I said, you, you just told me no, when I'm asking for 33 hours of sick time back and a few sessions of counseling. <laughs> and, and I said, and you want to help me with the, the appeals process? <laughs> I said, holy fuck. I even said to her, I even said to her, I said, when you read about me in the paper doing some really bad shit, I said, you're going to be fucking named. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, I know. so anyway, uh, appealed. I won. I got back oh, some counseling sessions. I got back 28 out of the 33 hours. That's fine. Yeah. Started yeah, to go see it. counseling, but I know that I was getting between the uh, working and then working so much overtime and uh, incidents at work. I was getting progressive, progressively more and more angry. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was not a good time. Like I was just going down that dark rabbit hole. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so okay. So counsel did counseling help you? Uh, you know what? I went to a, one counselor and I think that's one thing with counseling. It, you have to click with that counselor. You do. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. Yeah. They have mm -hmm. to speak, they gotta, they gotta speak your language kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Um, so I went to one counselor and I mean, I know that she's worked for a lot of other people, but, uh, it wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. So I requested to see another counselor and, uh, she actually used to work at Bowdoin institution and, um, I got in to see her and, uh, having quite a few sessions and, it was helping, but she had a really, really good point because she said, she goes, it's like we're filling up a hole and you're, as I'm throwing dirt in it, you're taking dirt out. Yeah. And she goes, that's because you're at work and you're still being exposed to all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with her or not, just being where I was at that time. But uh, she said, you, you have to take some time off work. And I'm like, I don't know. What ah, nah, I'm not really doing that. That sounds like more work, more work than going to work, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, one of the big concerns was how am I going to pay for Kathy's care? Yeah, if I can't of course. Do overtime? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so uh, that was in April of 2000. 20 she told me that yeah april 2020 you need time off work and i said well I'll think about it and so i was avoiding it and everything like that and i made it till august 11th and i said okay i gotta take time off work mm -hmm. i said i'm like I, I was doing stuff because i was so angry and i wasn't dealing with that anger just because everything's anger and and, you know, there was some other stuff. Mistrust was another huge one mm -hmm. being a correctional officer. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I made it till August 11th and I went off and I figured, okay, I'm going to be off for three months or whatever. I'll go back to work. It'll all be good. It actually took two months for my brain to come down enough in order to accept counseling. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm really lucky because my girlfriend, she's an incredible woman. She, she, uh, she calls me on my shit, yeah. but she knows when to do that. And she said to me, she goes, you need help. You've got to get some help. She goes, this is really affecting us. 
She goes, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that help is, but you need to get help. Mm-hmm. And she told me in a way that, okay, you know what? I'm, if I don't get help, I'm going to fuck this up. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, when she came into my life, it was just perfect timing, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we hear that a lot. Sorry, yeah. hey Sharon. It's like when people say, like, when it comes from a place of like fear, when someone comes to you and says, like, oh, my dog's barking, sorry, comes to a place of like an ultimatum or anger or something, yeah. it's like we as officers or first responders, it's the defense thing. But if it comes from a place of love, it's almost like, okay, I have to, like, there's something and you know, it too. Some like unconsciously, you know, Um, but yeah, it's such an interesting thing. Cause I've talked to so many first responders that are like, when, when I got the ultimatum, that's when the anger increased, or that's when I was like, fuck this shit. Mm -hmm. But when it came from a place of love of like, you know what? I don't think I can do this anymore. I love you, but you are going through something very significant. And me and my kids just can't be here for this. It yeah. was like s- something changed, right? Like if she comes to you from a place of love rather than a place of like fear or anger, it's like, yeah. Oh, this is where, this is where the change has to happen or this, or I'm going to go on being angry, doing other shit that doesn't serve sure. me in my life going forward. Right. And you already have yeah. a bunch of like stack things on top of each other. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I keep so, going. Yeah. So it was, uh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got the long timer. He got the long timer. And he said, wow. He said, wow. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a journey. And I, and I think that, uh, the big thing to help people get through this is you have to change how you think about stuff. Uh, you know, looking for a positive in it and everything like that. Uh, being obviously I've heard you guys talk a lot about being grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when it's tough to find something to be grateful about, mm-hmm. I look for small stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I get up in the morning and go, Hey, I can walk. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of people that can't walk. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to my fridge and open it up. Hey, there's food in there. Yeah, you know, so so now uh, I should follow my own advice more. But, <laughs> you know, but, I, but, I, I tell this story all the time, Brett. Where I'm like, I remember when I started my gratitude practice. It was like I got up in the morning. It was like, I'm grateful for coffee. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful for coffee creamer. <laughs> uh, I'm grateful for my coffee machine. Like it was like all coffee for like two weeks. And I was like, I gotta find something else here, but it is, it's yeah. a tough thing to start. Right. But it does, it shifts the brain. Like yeah. after about 30 days of doing it consistently, you don't see the shitty things anymore. Well, you do, yeah. but they're way there before it was like 75 shitty things. Now it's like five. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the the mindset, right? And that's, that's huge, because that's where the light bulb goes off for a lot of people that mind mindset shift, and the gratitude piece. And a lot of it too, is being aware, you're, you're super aware, I'm an angry dude, I'm this, this is happening. And it's not good for me. So it's okay to say I'm angry, but that's working for me. Yeah. But, right. but you come back and say, I'm angry and it's not working for me. And that, yeah. I, I think that piece is what attracts good things to your life too. Like a yeah. supportive girlfriend willing to call you yeah. on your shit, all of that yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and you know what I mean? That's uh, like you guys working in the women's institution. Um, Sharon, you got a daughter, Lauren. I don't know if you have a daughter or just two boys or I two boys. But that's another thing I'm really grateful for. Like as a perfect example, you look at working in that industry and, or in that institution and you look around at all those women and you go, that's not my daughter. I don't have a daughter in here, you know, sure. and in, in the men's you look and, and you go, this is all these guys are somebody's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's not my son you know what it's, uh, there was I was gonna it's so interesting that you bring that up because I was thinking about this this morning because I if I ever had a daughter I was gonna name her Lillian and I think I've told this story before and I was in A&D and this this woman came in with a shaved head and this like just a little tiny like braid 
down the back of her neck and like yeah. spider web tattoos all over her face and her name was Lillian and I was like if I ever have a daughter I can't name her that and that was my grandma's name but I'm like I will see that picture forever oh, in my life yeah. right so I'm like no can't name my kid my daughter Lillian I didn't have a daughter so we're good but yeah yeah oh Brett you are you're incredible I'm uh yeah, I'm so glad I got to meet you what, oh. what an awesome dude. I'm so, I'm so glad you oh, agreed to you. come on here. Like I, uh, yeah. we, you and I really connected over a short period of time at Bowdoin yeah. and yeah, we've I got can see why. Yeah. It's a good dude, right? <laughs> mutual yeah. friends yeah. out there well, too. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. This was really fun. Yes. This was really good. Appreciate you more than... for, yeah. 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 Uh, hey, just one other thing, the gratitude thing. Yeah. Look up, um, look what you guys may or may not know about this guy but his name is joe dispenza oh yeah i know joe dispenza yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he got some great stuff on youtube a little bit deep but mm -hmm. uh and i have trouble understanding some of it but uh joe dispenza is one guy and another guy uh the book that helped me a lot was called peace begins with me oh and, i haven't heard of that me neither yeah. and the author is ted Kuntz. K U N T Z. Okay. Okay. I wrote it yeah. down. I'm always looking for book recommendations. I, I don't, um, if you can see this, this is just the ones I've bought. Like <laughs> 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 my husband hung these shelves on my wall and they're falling down. He's like, you can't put heavy books on those shelves. I'm like, but I asked you to hang bookshelves. I don't understand, but they're falling because there's so many books on them. Oh, man. <laughs> so now you gave me another book. My husband's going to be like, stop yeah. with the Amazon deliveries, Lauren. Oh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, actually, we have a guy that wrote a book on here. He's We're interviewing him on Friday and I just got his book in the mail. My husband was like, another book? I'm like, I have to read it by Friday. So... <laughs> 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 yeah oh Brad, yeah. I, I appreciate you more than you know thank you so well, much thank, and, thank uh, you very much and, and thanks for having me on uh yeah. first time i've done anything like this and Yay, uh, awesome. awesome you know it was great great shared miss you a bunch yeah miss you too i'll come down for lunch one of these days or something sure. jump on my bike and come down yeah do sounds good i'll bring the girlfriend you can meet her she's an sure. ass kicker yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome well thank you so much thank you guys and, and keep fighting a good fight you guys are doing an awesome job uh, thank, thank you. you well that's all for this episode thanks so much for listening you can find us on instagram at from uniforms to unicorns uh on all podcast platforms apple spotify speaker all of those also feel free to subscribe you'll be notified of new episodes that come out and we always love a review also feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy we also want to send a big thank you to jamie green for being our podcast editor and to jeff bale at third hell music for our soundtrack Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day, love. Lauren and Sharon.